Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This is your host, Tim Birch. And, you know, like I say, every week I say it's a special guest. Well, you know what? This one is really special because it's the evening time here in the United States where I'm at. It's the morning where she is at in, did you say Can- Canberra? Canberra. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia. And, uh, you know, I've, I told her before we uh, before we get started recording that I've been I've been stalking her a little bit on on uh, LinkedIn and watching all the great things that uh, it, her organization is consulting surveyors national right that's right and so uh, this is Mich- Michelle Blitcavs right Blitzcavs yeah okay and she is the CEO of Consulting Surveyors National so. Like NSPS in the United States, she is overseeing all of the surveyors uh, and their as an organization for Australia. So we thought, you know what, maybe it's about time that I quit stalking her and that we get her on the podcast and let's talk about surveying in Australia and how similar it is to the United States, how dissimilar it is, because I think there's a lot of similarities and uh, we can learn from each other. So Michelle, welcome to the, ep- to the podcast. We appreciate you taking time out from, so you said you're, you're at a conference and you're, so you took time out from your busy schedule to jump on here with me. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. We've just, uh, we've just been at a conference, uh, with one of our partner organizations, Triple SI here in, uh, Australia that run a, a big conference called Locate, uh, here. And we've had about, I think there's been about a thousand people at the conference in our capital, Australia's capital, uh, following a federal election. So very, very interesting times for us here in Australia. So it's been a fabulous, uh, fabulous time. And I'm glad that we could fit this in. Sure. Well, well I'm glad you, I appreciate it too, because like I said, it's, it is an interesting time around the world with first surveying. And I, I, you know, I, I gotta tell you just, you know, in conversations with, with, uh, other like-minded uh, associations around the around the world, it almost seems like there is a little bit of the tide turning, but we obviously, we still face a lot of challenges. So I guess, tell us a little bit about Consulting Surveyors National and how you came to be the CEO of, of, this, uh, of this organization. Yeah, so the Association of Consulting Surveyors has existed for about 50 years. Uh, it uh, came about in the, the late 60s because there was a real move for professional surveyors were going out and starting up their own practices. So they'd sort of been in, you know, uh, a lot of government 
surveyors uh, and but more and more were going out on their own as government over time started to consult back to private industry. And so as surveyors started to start up their own companies, there was a concern about professionalism and business practices and some of those things. And so that's how Consulting Surveyors, the association was born here in Australia. So I oversee the um, New South Wales division and also the national office um, because half of our surveyors in Australia are based in New South Wales, little little, little bit less than half, but pretty much close wow. to half. Wow. Uh, we, 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 well, we're a much smaller country, you understand. There's only 25 million of us uh, across a very big continent um, and uh, about two and a half, two and a half thousand registered or licensed surveyors in the country, uh, about twelve and a half thousand surveyors, generally speaking. And a thousand of those registered surveyors are here in are in New South Wales, um, and then the rest are smattered around the rest of the country. So my job is to uh, look after the business side of what they do. So um, we have equivalents of NSPS, which in our country is SSSI, which is the Surveying and Spatial Science Institute here, uh, and they look after the individual surveyors, and we look after the businesses in surveying. And so we represent uh, the whole of the business. So not just the surveyors, but perhaps the engineers, the town planners, we have a lot of planners in our nice. field, okay. uh, as well as the technicians. So not just about those who are licensed, um, but the technicians as well. Uh, the admin staff, we've got a, a practice managers workshop coming up shortly, uh, all those sorts of things. And so we run a lot of business training we have a business academy uh, and we do, uh, I've got a, this afternoon, we're running a, a masterclass on managing cash flow. Uh, and so we do all sorts of those sorts of things. So we concentrate more on that side of it um, rather than teaching them how to do surveying or how to become better surveyors. So Sure, so. sure. Uh, and I've, I've been with the association now nearly five years. Uh, I am an association executive. Uh, I'm a certified association executive, actually, uh, with ASAE in the States, uh, one of about 30 here in Australia that has that qualification. I was the first, actually, to get that qualification here, wow. in, here in Australia. Thank you. Yes, nice. yes I was very to be the first one to go through. So we have a great relationship with ASAE. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I bring my expertise from the association sector and what it means to provide support and to grow membership uh, and to run the events and, and to make sure that they're of a standard so that surveyors can concentrate on surveying and building their businesses. And I can worry about the membership and worry about the advocacy and make sure that their needs are being met from an association perspective. Very nice. No, I, I like that. And like I said, this is this it's these types of conversations we ha can have to where we can learn from each other because NSPS basically is really member driven member member representation. I mean, it has some some small parts that are that are business side of things. Um, but I like that. I like the fact that uh, that's what you're looking out after is the business side of things and really to help educate uh the surveying community on what on the business side of all, all of these things. Cause you know, that was something I learned early in my career um, uh, with some of our older generation was surveyors are historically bad businessmen. We just do what we do and that's just the way it is. Um, but well, yeah, I, I mean, we, we do we do a national hourly rate survey and national salary surveys, and we've been doing them for, you know, quite some years. And um 
there's not a huge change, right? Uh, I know that pricing is an issue for you, as it is for us, as it is everywhere. And part of the reason I think that's the case is that surveyors go to school and they learn how to be surveyors. And then they're expected to run a business. Nobody's ever taught them how to run a business. And so we, uh, as part of our, like, there's no point just doing this research and getting these results unless we're actually going to do something about it. And so about three years ago, we decided that, well, we really need to teach these surveyors, particularly the younger ones that do go out on their own, that think, you know, yep, yeah, I can do it. And, I, you know, pe people don't leave a company, they leave a bad boss, potentially, that's sort of the saying, isn't it? Uh, and so they think they can do it better and they go out. But unfortunately, they've learned everything they know about the business side of surveying from the person who trained them to be a surveyor. And so what we need to do is show them what is best practice in the world of business right now. Um, I don't necessarily think they need to go and do, you know, some great master's course or a management degree or anything like that. I think they know enough. What we need to do is help streamline that a little bit uh, and take them through, you know, what, what is some new thinking? What is some current thinking about dealing with people? You know, how do you attract staff? How do you retain staff? How do you train them? How do you keep them? How do you help them progress in their careers? Uh, you, you know, a lot of that is what we teach. The managing the finances is really important. Understanding strategy, understanding marketing. I mean, surveyors love marketing, don't they? Not really. Uh, for the most, right? for the they most, don't need to market, for, do they? Because they've got people coming through the door all the time. There's never a shortage of work. Oh, so exactly. Do marketing. Right. Well, and that's just it. I mean, that's the old adage is the the best time to do your marketing is when you're the busiest. I mean, that's when you really need to keep make sure that it keeps coming through the door. So Yes. Well, and also you need to you need to be able to pick and choose. One of the one of the great things about surveyors is that surveyors can do anything. You've got a land problem, we can solve it for you, whatever that land problem might be. So what happens is we spread ourselves too thin and we do everything, everything that you need. We can come in and do it. We can do a boundary survey, we can do an engineering thing, we can do a set out, we can do apartments, we can do bridges, we can do tunnels, you name it, we can do railways, we can do everything, but should we? I don't think we should be doing everything. And I think as a business owner, we need to think and we need to pick and choose what we actually want to do, what we like doing, what makes us the money, what we can attract a team for. And we need to specialize a little more than we do. Yeah. And what you feel like you're best at, where your strengths lie. That, yes, yeah. you're right, that you have this ability to do all of these things. Well, maybe, but maybe you're best at, like you said, construction staking or what have you. Don't try to be everything to everybody. And, that's uh, right, because that's... if you've got five or ten surveying firms in one town or one city, what differentiates you from the others? Because they can all do exactly all the things you can do. So the only thing, if you can't differentiate your product or your service, then the only thing you can compete on is price. And that's why we have price wars in surveying, and that's why our prices have not changed. And in a booming infrastructure age, which we're seeing here in, New South, uh, here in Australia particularly, there's no better time than now to specialize and to set yourselves apart from everybody else. So if I'm hearing you right, there's actually a price price problem in Australia as well. <laughs> like there is in America where we just, we, I won't say we give our work away, but we just don't value it the way we should, right. especially in this economy. So is, that situation's going on even, even there as well. 
Absolutely. We 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 make there's a couple of sort of analogies and a couple of arguments about that. You know, when you uh, have an issue medically or in the health sphere here here in Australia, you go and see your local doctor and he gives you a referral to a specialist and you ring up and you make an appointment for two or three months down the track. You go and see that specialist for about 10 minutes and you get a bill for six hundred dollars and you pay it and you leave. And you say, thank you very much. And you make another appointment for another three months time. Yet in surveying, we have the expectation that I can ring you surveyor A today and say, hey, can you come on the job site? I need you in 10 minutes. And all of a sudden we're jumping through hoops to get to a business, to a site. Why do we do that? And then we charge pittance. We charge not nearly enough because you're right, Tim, we don't value ourselves. And, you know, we we say here, and, and one of our, our big sayings is no building project can start without a surveyor. You can't start it. You can't right. finish it without a surveyor. So if surveyors decided to go on strike en masse around the world, the whole <laughs> economy would completely shut down. You know what? I've had flashes of that thought over the years, but for you to actually hear you actually say it is just that, that, that it, 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 you're so right that it's, mm-hmm. it starts with us. We work through the middle of it and then it usually ends with us on, on, right. on the final surveys and such. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like I said, it's, it, it was, it's one reason I wanted to have this conversation because we're not alone in, you know, we're not, totally unique here in the United States with, with some of these issues and some of these, some of these good problems to have, because like you said, the economy is booming. Our profession is so much in demand right now. Why aren't we taking better advantage of it? And, mm. and, 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 and not, and it's not about price gouging. It's not about, uh, I mean, when I say taking advantage of it, I mean, being able to charge our value, charge our That's worth. Right. That's is right. really what it comes and it, back it to. starts it starts with us we have to value us we have to you know honor and respect and and acknowledge you know the years of training that you put on not just at university and then through the licensing process and then the ongoing skill and capability that you've built up and you know here in australia a, a licensed or registered surveyor is the only person in the country that can sign a plan so those two and a half thousand people that i mentioned they are the mm-hmm. only ones that can sign so we can create hundreds and thousands of lots of land every day here but if you don't have a registered or licensed surveyor to sign that plan you got nothing So we need to value that ourselves so that we can educate our clients. And the reason that our clients pit us against one another and say, can't you discount that? And can't you chop a bit off that price? And can't you, you know, reduce it here, there and everywhere is because we've let them do that to us for years and years and years and years. And what we're saying uh, here and now, and, and we've been at this process now for at least two or three years, is to say no more. No, no, I can't discount. There No discounts will be entered into. We've just run a project management course. And, uh, and one of our um, columns was, you know, here's the price and then here's if you want to discount it, here's what the outcome is. I'm like, remove that column. There is no discounting in surveying. No. If you want a discount, what corner do you want not want me to peg? Is there a, like... Right. right. I can't discount. We can't... You can't compromise on this kind of work. 
you know, maybe you can compromise on the sort of glass you can put in the windows and maybe you can compromise on some of the material that you can use when you're building the house, but you can't compromise on the boundary. No, you're right. I, I, I love it. That's, you know, and it, did to, yeah, to hear, hear that from the other side of the world, but we're doing the same thing and it's the same situation. Yeah. Yes. You're just, yeah. I thank you for reinforcing this whole issue of, we need to be we need to be charging what we're worth because you know because there is so much value in that that mm-hmm. um, so that's that I, I I love that I truly do I want to get talk about the license surveyor for a second though because mm-hmm. you know like we talked about a little bit before with our fifty states and di- we've got different licensing requirements different education requirements all these different things what does it take to become a licensed land surveyor in Australia. Uh, so yes, like you, it's different in every state uh, and every every territory. We have uh, different jurisdictions, but basically they're sort of more or less the same in that you need a four year degree. Uh, most of them offer a five year degree now. It's a dual civil engineering and surveying degree. So the first year is civil, and then you break off into your surveying. That's generally the case in most of the universities here now, uh, and so they go to college equivalent uh, here for those four years. Um, Most uh, will work during that time. Then they need to work for about, generally speaking, about two years experience in the field. And then they can apply to be a candidate or go through the licensing program. Um, And then they sit between five and six exams with the Board of Surveyors, uh, which are usually project based and they have to develop, you know, ones in in New South Wales, it's um, they do a town planning and engineering and design um, strata, which is um, yeah, so strata, strata, and then they do an urban cadastral and a rural cadastral. So they're the five exams that they go through um, here that takes it can take about two and a half years. Some states, it takes about four years to go through the process. And I spoke to somebody last week who's been in the process for eight years. Some have been <laughs> in it for 10, uh, depending on their workload, their commitment levels. And of course, often by the time they get to the stage of thinking, I want to go ahead and do the licensing process, they're married, they've got two young kids, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it does tend to take a little bit of time. So uh, we are struggling um, around the country to get people through that licensing pro- process and we're, we're having ongoing lengthy conversations about how we speed that up. Some states have made some changes in recent times to get more people through that process uh, because our we are since COVID or pre-COVID, of course, absolutely flat out here in Australia there's been so much uh, investment in infrastructure and growth and we've got lots we've got lots of empty land here you might have seen a picture Uh, and so what we're doing is urban (laughs) sprawl is happening and we're building and building more and more houses more and more land lots need to be cut up and uh and our guys are absolutely flat out everywhere around the country and they just need uh, every day I get calls saying I need a registered surveyor do you know where there is one and and there just aren't any right well, and I guess, you know, hearing that, I, I, I and, and as I tell people, I'm a second generation surveyor. So my father in the things that he did, and I won't say it was, it wasn't, it wasn't hard back then. It was, it, but it was a lot more basic and we're getting into more technology. We're getting into more of more specialization and really where it comes into a lot more education. But yet here in the United States, only about a half of our 50 
require any kind of education. You can get your license by experience. Um, but yet the ones that do have a four-year degree and then experience after that, so much of the argument is that, well, all of that time it takes, well, why don't I just become uh, a doctor, a lawyer, even an engineer to spend all that time? Um, I guess I, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, um, what, what, why should a person spend that much time and invest that much time and experience in becoming a surveyor? I mean, from your perspective. Yes. So we 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 go into uh, this this month about sixty schools where we're sharing with kids all over about why they should think about becoming a surveyor. Uh, small plug: visit surveyingcareers.com.au to see a little bit more about what we do. But we say to the kids, you know, if you're looking for an exciting career where you can be involved in property and construction projects around the country, whether that is building bridges, roads, tunnels, railways, creating new housing communities, the, the opportunities are huge. Um, build the tallest buildings in the world, you know, be a part of that. Uh, there are some really exciting opportunities in surveying and that's what we're selling. We're selling, you know, surveyors at their core are problem solvers. Uh, you know, they're, they're not laying bricks, which no, no, no offence to the bricklayers out there. Shout out to all of you. We appreciate the bricks on our walls, but we want to make sure those bricks are in the right place and that our houses are worth what they should be worth. And, uh, and, and that's where surveyors come in. And so from a problem-solving perspective, from a variety of work, if you want to work with some really cool gadgets, right, I mean, laser scanners, drones, you know, it's endless, you know, GPS, LIDAR, all that great stuff, then surveying's the career of choice, isn't it? What else would you do? Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad to hear that, you, that you're making this big push, especially at the high school level. I mean, that's, that's really where we have to we have to get their attention. Um, I guess going back, not so much into the licensing part of it, but the current, the current employment, uh, what is the, I guess, what is the, for a survey technician, for somebody that's mm. not in a licensing career path, yeah. what are the opportunities for someone, basically a field person or a CAD technician? Yeah. What, what's, what's their, what's their career path? What, what possibilities? Yeah, yeah. No, no, have? we, Look, we, I say to people all the time, whether they're straight out of high school or they're thinking about a change of career, you know, it's never too late to choose a career in surveying. You don't need to go and do a four-year degree if you don't want to. You can immediately, we can teach you how to pick up a jigger and to get going and to, you know, be in the field. Um, we offer a certificate four and a, a certificate four in spatial, in surveying and spatial information and then a di diploma in surveying. Um, and actually, we've got a bit of a challenge here in our training sphere, so much so that our association has developed what we're calling the Surveyors Academy, and we will actually be teaching that directly. So that's from industry for industry for the benefit of the profession, and we will be teaching people directly. Some of your listeners will have heard of Peter Cox. Uh, she runs a great podcast called Defining Boundaries, which is very well named. I don't know who gave her that name, but it was a really good name for a podcast. Uh, and so Peter works for me. She's our national training manager. And, uh, and, you know, we are developing this training course. And it is designed to actually run um, uh, in-house 
So one day a week you do your training and you can do it online or you can come to our office. So you can do it anywhere in the country online and then the rest of your training actually happens on the job the way it was always designed to be. And you upload your assessment pieces and so on to us. It's assessed and uh, and at the end of that year, you've got your certificate or your diploma and you can go on and do further training. And we're working with our university sector to get recognition for that training into the university degree. But look, we understand, you know, um, we have something here. Well, no, we don't anymore. But once upon a time, there was this thing called the Cadastral Club do you have a cadastral club there, you know, where where it's all about cadastral surveyors and it's all about being licensed and registered and that's the the epitome of the of the profession. Uh, and yeah. We yeah, yeah. And look, we absolutely need that and we're not saying that we don't need that. We absolutely do need that. It's like we need we have barristers here that are the high end of the lawyers or the specialty doctors and so on. And we absolutely need that. But you know, one registered or licensed surveyor creates six other jobs in a field, in an admin, in a yes. design, in CAD, drafting, all those things. So we need the registered and licensed, but they need six support people under them. Absolutely. And so we, when we talk to our government here, we talk about surveyors as being job creators because you create a surveying firm and, and we talk about them as one-man bands, but they're not really... They have to have somebody who's helping them with the drafting, doing their admin, you know, and, and some of those other bits and pieces. So um, I know that there's robotics now and you can just go out with a, you know, thing on your back and off you go and do it all. But it's very, very hard to do it solo. Uh, it most people will operate with at least two, three at a minimum, I think, uh, and six is ideal. So, you know, I think that we, we need to make sure that we we are training our technicians, that we are bringing them up, that we're keeping them up to date with what's happening with technology um, and and that we are including them in and recognising the value that they contribute to the whole of the firm and the whole of the practice. Absolutely. I mean, because it does take it does take a whole bunch of bunch of help to get all of that done that, you know, there are those, those, like you said, one man bands that can do some of this, you know, they'll go to out and do the field survey, they'll do the drafting, whatever, but for the bulk of it, I think we're going to see more and more, especially the multidiscipline firms. It's just, they're just going to keep growing and growing that uh, you're right. It's going to have one licensed person with a whole, whole tribe underneath them, basically of, you know, this team that, that they're going to work with, but, but we've got to continue to, to keep building those technicians. I mean, that's, that's where, like I said, a lot of the work gets done. You're right. And I'm glad to hear that. And yes, um, Pete is Pete has we've become a good. Yeah, we, we've got technicians running companies, hiring registered and licensed yes. people. So this idea that the registered or the licensed surveyor is the one who should be the business owner. There's a reason surveyors get into surveying because they like surveying. They like being out in the field. And I see many frustrated surveyors who are stuck behind a desk and stuck behind their computers and they miss being out in the field. Who's to say that they shouldn't be out in the field and that actually the technician who has the business sense and maybe they need to hire somebody with business sense to run the business side, you know, rather than them thinking that they have to do it all. I think that's a that's a culture that we've built up over hundreds of years in surveying and I think that there's no better time than now to think about, well, let, let's challenge that thinking 
is that really the best way to be running our businesses? You became a surveyor, be a surveyor, be an excellent surveyor and get paid really well to do it and charge yourself out at some astronomical fee because you're valuable and you deserve it. Be a true consultant, you know, and, and get that fee that you deserve, but have somebody else run the business. And maybe that's a techie that's in your firm. Exactly. Well, I like that. I like that a lot because you're right. Um, it's been just by default, the, the, the licensed surveyor, the, the licensed engineer, they're the ones that end up running the teams, running the companies. And that's a lot of times, maybe that's not what they're good at. They're good at surveying. They're good at their, mm-hmm. good at their profession, but not necessarily the business person, what have you. I, that's, I do and if they want to run good. the business, then let's train them and help them run the business. That's, that's my job at the association is to help them do what they do better and help them at least understand they have a choice in that and that they can choose that part. And, and that, that's one of the big pieces of work that we do here. Very good. Um, okay. Well, I'm just going to jump, jump in with this next one with both feet because it's a touchy issue here in the United States. And I can't imagine with your culture down there, it's, it's much different, but the whole diversity, equality, inclusion, uh, how do we get more diverse in our profession? Um, I mean, how, how do we draw more women in, um, you know, mm-hmm. here it's about, you know, other, you know, other, obviously, you know, blacks, Hispanics, very, and, and, and others mm-hmm. into the, in the, into the profession. I'm assuming down there, it's, uh, it's the indigenous people, the aborigines and mm-hmm. such that, I mean, can't, I mean, well, and, is and there a way to make it work? We're a very multicultural country. You know, we've grown through immigration, um, not dissimilar to to the States. And, uh, you know, yet we have a very white male profession. Right. Uh, And so we are working on changing that. We are actively changing that. Um, We have 3% women who are registered and licensed surveyors. Um, so, but it's growing. Like I really feel like we're seeing two or three or four get registered every year, which is really great out of the 30, you know, that might be. So again, we're trying to lift that stat and we are getting there. I think uh, we have here in Australia developed a um, uh, surveying spatial and space diversity and inclusion network. Uh, where we all get together to see what we can do. We've done some research into that to understand what the challenges are around that diversity issue. Um, Actually, the willingness is not the problem. Most firms that I speak to, most business owners, most surveyors would happily have a woman, you know. Right, right. It's not as hard anymore. You know, you're not dragging chains through the bush anymore, are you? So, you know, there's the technology and and there's the... um, you know, there's the data analytics that's so, so much a part of what we do with point cloud information and all of those things. So that there's a whole lot more in that space. And I think there's more that work in the spatial area in GIS and so on than do in surveying. Um, but I, I think so what we've got to do is we've got to help make it look a bit easier, which I think we can do. There, there's the challenge of like attracts like. Uh, there's the challenge of bias in interviewing. But really the the biggest challenge I think is an inclusion. So because we're a group of men, generally speaking, 
Uh, we go to the pub. Do you call them pubs? You probably don't call them pubs. Anyway, we go we go to pubs here in Australia uh, at five in the afternoon and we all have a beer together. Well, generally speaking, and I am generalising because some women quite like going to the pub for a beer at five, but not all. Uh, we might prefer to go out for morning tea, say, or have a lunch together or, uh, you know, something different and then when we have our conferences over here we do a golf day do you have golf days oh sure yeah. yes and look some women are really into golf so i am generalizing here but generally speaking golf days is not really you know that's not really the thing that we're going to get keen for but we women have understood that if we don't go and play golf on the field with the corporates and with the blokes right we're never going to rise in our careers so what other things can we think of doing besides golf days and going to the pub? Um, so that's sort of a bit of a message that's coming across here in Australia right now, that that's that inclusion piece. And it's about throwing around ideas about what we can do as a team, you know, beyond the usual, well, you know, here, here let's play footy or let's play cricket or let's play golf. What else could we do? You know, what, what are the other options and uh you know it would depend on the girls in your team as to what that might look like um and generally speaking the women who get into surveying love the outdoors stuff and they are sporty and they don't mind the sporty stuff so i am right. generalizing but what i'm talking about is mm -hmm. we need to change our thinking and we need to open our our minds to thinking more inclusively about how we can approach this and you know, the other challenge is that we've got to, when it comes to bringing in new people into the profession, it's the parents that's actually the problem. So uh, on our on our new website, surveyingcareers.com.au, we've actually got a page for parents because I've stood at Careers Expos and I've watched parents with their children walk past surveying. And the kid might look at it and be somewhat interested, but the others are not, and the parents are not. So we need to try and educate and uh, you, you know, share the message a little more broadly. And, and we're about to embark on a major PR campaign here in Australia to promote surveying and to help people understand its relevance and its importance uh, and, and hopefully think about, well, maybe that would be a good career path. Exactly. Because you're right. The, the parents do have such a, uh, an influence over where their kids are going to, what they're going to do, that mm -hmm. if they do steer them... It, it's, it's, I, I got to Well, my daughter, you know, she did her own thing. I mean, that's, you know, but if we tried to steer her away from something, yeah, I think it would be much easier to steer her away from something than to steer her towards something. So mm -hmm. yeah, to push them away past surveying and not even look at it. Yeah. It would be, it would be very easy to do that. And Oh, and I'll just pick up on something you just said that your daughter's chosen a different path, which is absolutely fine. Um, I think that that happens all the time. But you mentioned you're a second generation surveyor. I'm seeing more and more and more second generation surveyors that are going to lose the third generation. And more and more are not their children are not choosing the career path that they did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because surveyors are working too hard uh, for too little money. And as a result, their kids are going, oh, I don't want to do what you're doing, Dad. Are you kidding? I see how hard you work. You know, I'm just not, I, I want a life. I want yep. a life. Exactly. And they don't see Dad has a life. And so if we, for those of you who are listening that have younger children, make surveying fun for your kids. 
choose to go home and spend time with them. And I get it. When you go on holidays, you've got to find survey marks and you've got to look at whatever, whatever. Okay, take the kids (laughs) surveying with you, but make it fun. But make Make it fun. fun, You know, Um, because otherwise they're not going to choose to follow in your footsteps. Wow. Now, see, I... I knew this was going to be a special guest. I knew you, this was going to be a great conversation because I just, you know what, you you hit on a lot of things that I think, you know, that need to be said. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of times for, uh, you know, even, even for myself, um, you know, being a a middle-aged white man, it's hard, you know, I'm preaching to the kind of preaching to the choir on some of these things, but hearing it from you, from a different perspective, from a different country, but yet we're doing the same thing. It really strikes home with, you know, so many truths there that, you know, we really can, we can make it, we can make a difference. We just have to be that change. We have to, we have to be the ones willing to be able to put this together. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, from for me, for my role as the association, it's my job to support my members and to help them do this. Because what we're talking about is changing the culture of surveying, and that's hard. And and we recognise that it's hard. And what we want to do is put events together and training packages and opportunities to come together and discuss this and and provide that support. You know, I have a hotline to my, even during this call, I've had missed two calls from surveyors, Tim, uh, during this call. And and so, you know, my, my surveyors have a hotline to me that if they need some help and they need support in this, that's what we're here for. That's what our association does. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's the opportunities for NSPS and others, you know, your, your various groups that you have around the country to provide that level of support. And I think you, you can uh, staff it accordingly. And um, we've, we've had to grow our staff significantly because of the growth in our association, because we are really trying to make a difference. So it's yeah. been, been great for us and certainly encourage that for you and, and look forward to catching up when I'm over there for sure. Oh, yeah, that, that's just it. And that's that was the other part I was going to ask that, uh, you know, during your visits, uh, uh, Michelle's going to be over in the States several times, lucky her the next uh, next <laughs> several months that, you know what, we ought we ought to just sit down and, ca- and, and continue this conversation. I, if you if you would be up for it, we should just talk about a little bit more comparisons and what we can learn from each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we need to do more of this, you know, cross cross border sharing now that our borders are open again and we can all travel again. Uh, I think, you know, we've got some great relationships internationally and we'd like to continue to expand those. And and you're welcome. Any of any any surveyors from the States, if you're coming to Australia for a holiday and I highly encourage it because our weather is awesome. We've got fabulous beaches. Uh, some great bush to walk through. You'll all love it. Uh, you can go to the desert if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Then uh, please do look me up when you pop over to Australia. We'd love to host you. I would like to walk across that bridge. You can climb it. It's pretty cool. Yep. I would like to climb. Yeah, I'd like to climb that bridge. Climb so the bridge. That's right. Climb yeah, the bridge. It's, it's I, so cool Sydney has always been on my bucket list for literally decades. So I guess well, you, would, you would be welcome. FIG is going to be in Brisbane in 2025. Yes, that's right. 25. Yes, 25. Yes. But uh, yeah, trying to get there before then. But uh, yeah, uh, I was. I wanted to give a little shout out to PETA because yes, she we've we've become friends uh, over the past couple of years. We've been on each other's podcasts and uh, uh, really like what she's doing there. And then um, to it. The, I need. I want to make sure that if if you can put in a good word, there's a couple people I would like to get connected with. I mean, really connected with 
Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Craig Sandy. Yes, I just had breakfast with him before the podcast. Um, I would like to meet up with him. I really like a lot of the stuff he's doing, and I th- would like to he's have fabulous. him on the on the podcast. He's our, he's our surveyor general in Victoria, so we have surveyors general in every state that uh, chair our boards of surveyors. Well, they don't all chair the boards, but they're all you know involved mm-hmm. with boards of surveyors here. So, uh, yes, I'm going to meet with all of them a bit later. And then, what's the gentleman's name? Um, the red hat guy. Greg Goodman. Greg Goodman, that's Greg it. Greg Goodman. Uh, he's based uh, south of Sydney, uh, the Red Hat Rambler. Greg Red Goodman. Hat uh, Rambler. He runs a, a great firm called Land Team Australia uh, on the south coast of New South Wales and up in the Highlands, uh, one of my fabulous member firms. So, yes, absolutely. I'm sure he would love to meet you. I, so when I, you come to Australia, we'll do a Sydney-Victoria trip and we'll make sure you meet all the important people. Wow. Uh, that would be fantastic. I would love would love to do that. You so. you need to also meet Narelle Underwood, who has just had a significant promotion to be the executive director of spatial services. So she's one of our surveyors general, who is now leading uh, a significant spatial service agency in New South Wales. So Nell is on my bucket list to re. I mean, we were supposed to. I was supposed to meet her in Amsterdam a couple of years ago. Before, before COVID and I was really looking forward to meeting her. So yes, she's actually on the top of that bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. I believe she'll, yeah, that's right. Well, FIG is the place to be, isn't it? That's where you'll all be. I can't go to FIG this year because I'm doing my three trips to the States. So yeah, well, so we'll, uh, I've got to, uh, we'll catch up with her as well. And you know, I guess, and that's one thing I wanted to just leave you with is it that, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. With, with Nell's uh, new appointment, with what PETA is doing with you and what you're doing with, with your association there. Um, I mean, that really just that to me, that goes to show what, what is possible within this profession and what we can do. Um, anyone can do that, you know, especially, especially women, what they're, what this, this profession can open them up to and the, the opportunities. I just uh, it, it's, it, it's something that we we've got, we've got to be able to promote that, that much more because, uh, you ladies are just killing it over there. You really are. Well, we're, we're trying and, uh, and it's a, it's a plus for diversity. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of your NSPS, uh, groups around the States each have women on their boards, but if they don't, you need to get some because the women are amazing and they open things up and they really do because we think differently, you know, on the good side, I promise. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and and we tend to be very action oriented and, and get things done. And, and so when you can pull a group of amazing women together who can do that, and we've had some of that here at this conference that I've been at, have been recognised. Um, Kelly Dean was named Professional Surveyor of the Year here uh, just the other night. She's an amazing, amazing surveyor based in Victoria. So again, you know, there, there are a few amazing women who are doing some really unique things um, in, in our country, and uh, we'd love to share that with the rest of the world. We'd love to hear from yours as well. I have heard of some. I met I met um, one at a conference actually who does some great photogrammetry um, over there. I can't remember what state she was from, but um, she's on my list of people to look up. No, they're well, good. Well, two of our last three presidents, including our current NSPS president, uh, is a woman, Amanda Allred from from Washington, uh, is our current president, and then two presidents ago was actually uh, Lisa Van Horn from Green Bay, which you're going to be close to. Oh, I have uh, to visit her. 
So well, yeah, that's good because you're doing better than us. We haven't had a female president at our national body yet, so you're doing better than us. Well, uh, well, I think with what you've got going on, you've got a great start, and uh, it's it's only a matter of time. So, yeah. hey, listen, I know you're busy. Uh, thank you for the time, and uh, I appreciate you you really sharing a really a breath of fresh air and a lot of great knowledge that you know. I think it's uh it's a different it's. It's, it's hearing the same things from a different perspective and it's, it's, it's different. It's a little bit fresher and uh, we appreciate you sharing that with us because like you, you know, like we've said all along, we're doing the same things. We're, we're, we're fighting some of the same battles, but we can, we can solve the same problems. So very good. Well, that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, Like I said, once again, thanks to Michelle for taking time out of her conference schedule to sit down with us and We'll have uh, we've got a couple of great more con- uh, guests coming up in the next few weeks, including geodesy and some photogrammetry and some other things from some industry specialists. So stay tuned and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.